what would be the worst possible occupation for that person? And it's like, can you imagine something that would be worse than a used car salesman? Yeah, not, like, not, not much. I mean, guard at Auschwitz, but that's about it. Oh that's, that's the only thing I can think of. Do you want me to count from 300 by threes? Yes. Oh, we need a count. Yeah, that, that's, that's kind of what I was asking. Ryan, you do it this time. Welcome to the SSEU podcast. No, no. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. That threw me off. I was not ready. I need a countdown. I can't just... I, I can't just, just start listening to you. Can I start now? 300, 297, 294, 291, 288, 285, 282, 279, 276, 273, 270, 267, 264, 261, 258, 255, 252, 249, 246. Two, I can't go faster than that. You think I can go faster than that? You do it faster than that. Naka, what if you hear me? Do you like it or do you love it? I like how those are the only two options. Nine, six, three, zero, go. Now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the substandard expanded universe. Welcome to the SSEU podcast. On this podcast, we try to lighten the mood in America. We are coming straight to you from middle America. We are not East Coast elitists. And we will talk about more cheerful topics like Disney movies, Quibi, streaming, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Commentary Magazine, Disney, Star Wars, and other things that interest our listeners. You can follow us on Twitter at SSEUPod. You can send us emails at SSEUPod at gmail.com. Yeah, just pod. Just pod at gmail.com. No, SSEUPod at gmail.com. If you email just pod, did we get just pod? We've been working on that. Someone's squatting on just just pod. Just pod wants a lot of money. Uh, Chris, there, there is a specific reason why people should be sending us emails, right? Yeah, get on an email list. You might miss out on something if you're not receiving emails from us. Sign up. Uh, we will advertise our live shows, other events, and you might receive emails from our sponsors. And we need, <laughs> a, we need a certain number of emails before we can sell it to advertisers. Get ready for the spam when we get enough emails. And you'll hear about exciting things like our live show on June 14th. Did you guys see I still how, don't believe you that we're doing that. Did you guys see how the Trump campaign has started to title their emails to people? How would I know that? I uh, get them. <laughs> For some reason, I got somehow I got on their list. I get, I get emails from Don Jr. Here's, here's one from tonight from Donald Trump Jr. You're all anyone is talking about. I'm all anyone is talking about. Well, listen, when you sign up for Candace Owens' emails, Ryan, you're going to get Donald Jr.'s emails too. She's so edgy that I had to. There was one today that had Hillary – all it said was just like Hillary Clinton and then it had warning sirens on the sides or something like that. Earlier this week, I got two in a row, like like one and then a minute later another one from Donald J. Trump. The first one was Hayden Biden, but he spelled Hayden – H I D E N. Like, like I know he game? can't. I know he can't spell. But whoever's running their email campaign is like, well, we gotta spell it the way he would spell it. <laughs> and the second one was just, I'm disappointed. Period. 
So I was, uh, I had uh, like half an hour earlier today where I didn't really feel like doing anything and I was just on my phone and I opened my email account and I just started to go through emails and click unsubscribe at the bottom mm, and idea. unsubscribe from like 20 different vendors or something like that. It felt really good. I wish there were like a service that would sort your emails and maybe even send some to a place where you'd never see them again. Uh, mm. You could even call that something like the black hole. Mm. I thought That's a million dollar that. idea. I yeah, thought, you, I thought you were going to say that you wanted a service that sorts your emails, but then also sends emails on your behalf to people. <laughs> well, once, once we get JustPod, we'll start doing that. <laughs> Just send, send emails out to our people. I want a service that sorts my emails and then prints all of them and mails them to me. Didn't we have one of those? I believe, I believe uh, they were an advertiser. Yeah, they were an advertiser. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Chris, uh, but Chris, I wanted to ask you, how is your trampoline purchase going? Not great, Thomas. <laughs> Not great. Well, what appears to be the issue? Well, uh, the issue is that companies are willing to take our order. They just aren't filling the order. It's, it's, it's sort of wishful thinking. Uh, three times we've placed an order for trampoline. They've taken our money and then a month later returned our money uh, and said, oh, by the way, sorry, we can't actually sell you a trampoline because we don't have one. Would have saved us a lot of time to just tell us that right away. It's, Why is there a trampoline shortage? I think same reason there's like a weight shortage and like all sorts of things like home when, when like parents were trapped in the house with their kids, they're like, how do we get our kids to like run off some energy? Buy a trampoline. Buy a That's trampoline. A yeah. Like we were not the only ones who thought of this. And right. had we just spent a lot of money up front, like there's this one, the same place we got our, our um, playground, uh, backyard playground. It's, it's called Rainbow. I think it's a Midwest company. It's, it's, it's pretty expensive, but it's pretty it nice. It looks stuff. really nice, by the way. Oh, thank Daisy you. Daisy Ridley advertises for them. <laughs> She only wishes, but they, they sell trampolines, but they're like a hundred, a thousand dollars more than, you know, their competitors. But had we ordered from them, like right away, we would probably have a trampoline, but now like, we're like, okay, fine. We'll just spend the money. And we call there and they're like, it'll be 10 to 12 weeks. Now they, now to be honest, they actually probably would fill the order, but it's the mm. other people who, 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 um, they're like a thousand dollars less that will take your order. And they'll tell you like three weeks or two weeks or something. Yeah. And, and then, then they'll cancel it a month later. And so, like, each order that we made of the three orders was uh, more expensive than the uh, previous one. So each subsequent <laughs> order is, like, an additional... So, like, the same trampoline we'll buy from, like, the same vendor for $300 more. It's soon going to cost as much as your car. And they still won't fill it, yeah. Uh, you know, and here's the thing. is like, anybody could just take an order. But the most important part is fulfilling the order. Yeah. Anyone could yeah. just take them. The great Jerry Seinfeld taught us that. Yeah. Did you guys watch his new special on Netflix? I didn't. No. Not yet. Did you? I did. I you was see? not I was not like uh anticipating it to be cuz I've seen recent stuff that he's done and it was just kind of like his old stuff and all stuff is great. Are you anti Seinfeld? No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, his more recent, like, his old stuff is great, but then I saw, there was a few years ago that he had a special, 
and it was which, just, it was not which very college good. campus was he doing this from? <laughs> <laughs> this one was surprising. Uh, I, I actually I actually really liked it. It, it was like it, it it was you know almost as good as his as specials from the nineties. Hmm. Okay, so I, I recommend it. I just put it on. I wasn't expecting to like it, and then he 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 put some work into this one. I I am such a Seinfeld stan. Like show uh, comedians cars with coffee, I think is fantastic. Yeah, I, yeah, just, I like that. Of course, watching him sit down and talk shop with people, and I I remember he sat down with someone from like the New York Times for like five minutes on YouTube, and he seemed kind of sheepish. Uh, they asked him to like break down a joke, and he kind of explained his process. Uh, I I just thought it was great. Uh, Anthony Jeselnik had a show where he sat down. It was called Good Talk, where he sat down and talked with other comedians. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it only got one season, and now it's canceled, which apparently Wait. most things no, on Comedy got, Central is canceled. I, they were, he was like already in production of the second season, uh, and then the, they canceled it? The, like a couple of weeks or three weeks before they were supposed, like they were all ready to go. Everything was ready, and Comedy Central just... Cut it. I'm sure he was totally gracious about it. Oh, he he was he was he was so gracious on the podcast. Is cable revenue down or something? Is that why they're, or or is this just like uh, are they like owned by Viacom or something? Is it a bigger issue where just revenue is down all across the greater company? I have no idea. Uh, so I wish I wish there were some way to know. Yeah, I. There's not mm, though. There's no way you could find that out. I have a phone book in the hallway. I could, we could find someone and call them and ask. All right, let's a, let's a see if we can book? find somebody in the phone book in Sweden. A phone book. Yeah. It's like a book. But of I mean, phones? we could find, we could call someone in Sweden who might know someone that we could call in the United States. So if we call enough people in Sweden, we'll probably get a number for somebody that could actually just does know something. Back up to phone book though. <laughs> Is this like a coffee table book with pictures of phones? <laughs> Back in, back in the olden days, uh, you, you actually had books that uh, listed I I, names with Thomas, numbers. Thomas. You mean like things I, you I know, download on Kindle? I know what a book is. <laughs> <laughs> we just fast forward a little bit? Okay, so it's a book. Yeah. With pictures I, of phones. No, no, with phone numbers. So it's, it's great. And we could do this on the podcast because you can take the numbers and then you can count you can like add them up. So, so you let's count the phone book. You save, <laughs> you save a PDF on your Kindle, and send it to your computer and print it. But, but speaking of numbers, how how long has the emergency number in the U.S. been? Nine nine one. What is it in the U.S.? Nine nine. One. Exactly <laughs> you just remember that if you're ever in trouble, Thomas, in the U.S., you dial nine nine one. Clearly, Thomas has never been in trouble in America, and he's very lucky because he would not have received any help. I completely blanked on it because I'm only thinking of the Swedish one. What it's, is it? It's nine one one, and I That's believe it. I believe it's in the Constitution. I believe. <laughs> okay. When the Constitution was ratified, it goes back to there. And they, okay. they said there will be a show called Rescue Nine One One, hosted by William Shatner. <laughs> Okay, so it's old. Uh, when back back when I was growing up here in Sweden, we had so today the number is one one two, which is fairly simple to remember, much easier right. than nine one one. And I don't like it. 
But before that, back when I was a little lad, it was 90,000. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're like on, on the rotary dial, nine. <laughs> zero, zero. You zero, dialed 9,000, not 90,000. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, crap, how many zeros did we do? Oh, 900,000. Start yeah, over. Up. Yeah, I, I well, just remembered this. <laughs> I just remember this today. I was like, that was, that was really dumb. Why, why was it ever the case? One thing we haven't talked about since we're talking about numbers and phones is uh, there was an era, this would have been maybe late 90s, early 2000s, uh, and this was between the era when you would just get between Sprint and MCI and AT&T long-distance services. It was between that and uh, there's also an era where you could buy a phone card with really cheap long-distance where you enter a 1-800 number and then a 16-digit pin, which, like, that's how I'd call someone because, like, I I was poor and didn't have a cell phone. So, like, I would dial the 1-800 number I had memorized, the 16-digit pin number, and then I would dial the number that I – so, like, I had to remember a lot of numbers. But – there's a, a small period be, between there where you dial like a five digit number before the long distance number to get some um, cheaper long distance rate. Ryan, do you remember this? Like there'd be commercials like dial this, these five digits and then you'll like what it'll, it'll like bypass your long distance carrier. Um, Wouldn't it be handy if all these numbers were written down somewhere? Like what? And, I had in my mind, Thomas, I had in my mind one of these five-digit numbers, and it uh, flew out of my mind. But, like, there were competitors. Like, on TV, there'd be commercials, and they'd try to make it memorable, like, dial 0255 for, like, five cents a minute or whatever. Hmm. I never wanted to talk to anybody, so <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> but doesn't everyone have, like, unlimited call and texting these days? Well, these days, but uh, I remember it wasn't that long ago when, you know, you'd wait until after, you'd have to wait until after 9 p.m. to make your long distance calls because you only had like like 500 daytime minutes on your cell phone. I remember my friend, um, when we were in college, he had thought that he'd signed up for unlimited texting, um, (laughs) but he didn't. And he had his singular wireless and... um, he had like a serious girlfriend back in Indiana and was texting her all the time. And he got a phone bill that was like $700. (laughs) You know, uh, texting is really a human right. Uh, And I am, I am glad that it is uh, cheaper today. You think it should be mandated to be free. It's it's a human right. Everyone deserves healthcare and texting. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, well, all the important things, you know, like water, air, oxygen, texting, Snapchat. Uh, should be Whoa, free. let's not go overboard. You get air and oxygen? Is it yep. right? <laughs> I love breathing air and oxygen. When, uh, when we first got uh, internet at uh, my parents' place, we had, uh, of course, dial-up. <laughs> and my parents would hate me because of the bills that I would wreck <laughs> Jeez. Well, because I, w- I would go online and I discovered that there were these like encyclopedias or whatever, and you could just like look things up. Yeah, and it would take like it would take several minutes to load a page with pictures yeah. and everything. Now, and it would now cost hang on, a fortune. Why did it I cost? Love like- en- I love encyclopedias, Mom. I swear. <laughs> That's why they called me Encyclopedia Lassie. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, because you, you paid for the time that it took, and I was on it a lot. You paid for the internet by minute? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Remember you get those AOL <laughs> yes. discs yes. where you'd get how many how many minutes was it that would come on the disc? Like I don't even know, like, but was it five thousand or something like that? But you'd it doesn't blow matter, through but, it. Well, we never used them because we we live in the middle of nowhere, so there wasn't a local number we could use for, for uh, AOL. But but that didn't stop AOL from sending us literally hundreds, Thomas hundreds of mm-hmm. discs of yeah. these AOL discs it, they they must have gotten billions of dollars in venture capital to send people discs promising hundreds of hours of of uh of internet yeah what was there a black market for these like if you had friends who ran out of Ooh. minutes could you just go sell them to people or was there just an abundance of discs the that- thing is that i don't think you could like after you started an account i think in your went, name you could I, I probably only do it your, once yeah, I think it went by your phone line. So you'd get, you'd get like, all, you'd have a stack of free discs for, or of AOL discs for minutes, but you couldn't, you'd already used right. one. And so they're like, oh, well, now you have to pay for it. But they keep sending them to you anyway. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it, was, it was absurd. I mean, those, like, an alien race is going to arrive on Earth and dig through <laughs> our landfills, and they're going to assume that AOL was this. Was the government. Yes, was the government. Because there's so much waste filling the landfills. Chris, do you want to talk about your new purchase? I do. Yeah. Last episode. Or wait. I guess we have the Zoom in between. Yeah. Two episodes ago, I talked with Jim Swift about charcoal grilling, and I decided to purchase myself an anniversary gift. That's, that's, that's normal, right? To buy yourself an anniversary <laughs> gift? Yeah. What, what, did you, what did you buy, Meg? What, what did you Sorry. buy your wife? I don't understand the question. Oh, never mind. Move on. What about the grill? Uh, so yeah, I, I bought a, a jumbo jumbo. Can we just Jim. call it a jumbo gym? Can we call it a jumbo gym? Yeah. I bought a jumbo gym. I think it's an eighteen-inch uh, gymnasium grill, charcoal. Oh, I you got the it. fast bender. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we had it two nights, and I've used it twice already. Grilled up a nice beef tenderloin last night. Tonight did some uh, some salmon on a cedar plank. Ooh. It's, a, it's amazing. It's it's the best purchase ever. And it was what seventy bucks or something. Yeah, good memory. I got the little chimney to light the charcoal. You know what I'm talking about? I've never used one. I know what it is. So are are you planning to to become a man who who knows how to grill? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like. Here's the thing I realized is, is I was born to use charcoal. <laughs> I, I have I mean, no we, idea what that means. <laughs> like you paint like your forehead with it? A gr- grown man gets to play with fire. I mean, it's actual like, <laughs> as, as soon as I lit the chimney and saw the briquettes start on fire, I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. So you have a problem, is what you're saying. <laughs> I haven't burnt down any buildings yet. I think every pyro starts, I haven't burnt down any buildings yet. <laughs> I think this was a story, the plot of Backdraft. Is that a real movie? Or you just yes, I've told you guys we should watch Backdraft for the show. It's Are insane. You sure, that's not the porno. <laughs> Don't you remember that Always Sunny episode um, where they do the house renovation uh, for the yes. for the Mexican family, and yes. then Dennis and Charlie are trying to uh, they're trying to break down a wall. They keep hitting it and they can't. And then uh, Dennis is a blowtorch, and he's like. 
let's just burn this wall down. We're going to do a controlled burn of this wall. <laughs> it's going to stay within the wall. And then Frank has the camera and he says, why don't you get a backdraft going? Why don't you open that door and get a backdraft going? <laughs> he says, well, finally, that's the first sensible thing you've said all day. And then the next shot is the entire house is burned down. Yes. Uh, I've, I've told you guys how air condition works in this house, right? Mm. We open we open the front door and the back door, and there's a draft through the house, okay. and uh, that's it. Yes, yeah, yeah, so it works. Probably all you need, though. Yeah. For those uh, three days in July that are warm, Thomas, Thomas, I encountered something that if I knew it, I'd forgotten it. The uh, uh, Church Father Origin. You probably haven't heard of him. Anyway, I found out that he had an interesting nickname. There's John Chrysostom was, uh, was Bishop of Constantinople. He had a great nickname, Golden Tongue. He's this great preacher who's awesome. Origen was, was a, a prolific writer. He wrote more than 2,000 treatises, but his, his nickname was, they called him in Greek, Bowels of Bronze. What? <laughs> Is there an explanation for this? Like, what, what does it mean? Well, he just worked really hard and produced a lot of a treatises. Lot of and I guess in like the literal Greek, that means like hard worker. I don't think it means that he was able to hold in poop so he could write more. But I, I'm not even joking. His his nickname was Bowels of Bronze. I think it sounds better in Greek if it could sound better. I mean, Bowels of Bronze, that's a pretty cool nickname. I think we should have a competition to see which of us could be called Bowels of Bronze. Do, do you have the Greek translation there? Can you? I don't it have it in front of me. Oh. I don't have it in front of me. I, I should look it up, though. If there were a way to look it up, I would. Right, but we, we don't... We'll never we know. Don't ha- we don't have a phone book, so I don't know how we would. Uh, call, I want- call 991. <laughs> from, from, from Greece to Sweden, uh, I, I have... Uh, so today is Sunday, so this is yesterday's Today is newspaper. Saturday. Okay, so it's today's newspaper. And I, I just wanted to, to briefly talk a little bit about the movies that are on today uh, because there's no newspaper on Sunday. So they include the today's TV and yesterday's paper. Anyway, so there, there are three movies that they are advertising. One is it, which they gave four stars. I think it's out of four or something like that. Uh, I don't watch horror, so I don't care. Is that one supposed to be good? It, I don't know. That's what people say. I've never seen it. Okay. The second one is gone girl. Uh, ben Affleck, Rosamund Pike uh, by uh, David Fincher. They give that one two four stars. Good movie. Uh, the third one, which they also give four star, is the James Cameron spectacular Avatar. Garbage. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't. For those who couldn't see, I just threw the paper away. <laughs> that was that was a good visual for our audience. <laughs> I know that's that's what we are working towards here on the podcast. Was that, wait, 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 is that a transition? A what? Let's make it a transition. Did Speaking I ruin the moment? of James Cameron. Let's start shouting that now. Let's make it a transition. <laughs> For this podcast, we decided to dig deep in our movie libraries, and we all retrieved our Blu-ray copies of the 1994 movie, True Lies. True Lies, of course, is the James Cameron movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Tom Arnold, Charlton Heston. <laughs> Charlton Heston with an eye patch. So also Jamie Lee Curtis and Eliza Dushku and the hot chick. 
Uh, so, so that took me, it took me a while, like halfway through the movie before I looked up the cast and I realized that uh, Schwarzenegger's daughter was Elisa Dushku because she is 12 in the movie. Yeah. And I, I was like... And she's not really in much of the movie because they're pretty much the worst parents ever. <laughs> like they're like off just doing whatever. They don't care. She's, she's riding motorcycles to, <laughs> on backs of motorcycles to school at 14. <laughs> she's stealing money from the family friend. Never really dealt with that. Nope. No. No. Nope. So, but, all right. but, but yeah, I mean, there, we'll get to that other stuff. Uh, I also want to say that this, so the screenplay was by James Cameron, but I, I noticed that it was based on a screen ba- screenplay by three other people. And that's uh, well, right there in the credits that that he adapted a screenplay. I don't know. So so the movie is La originally. Total. Based, yeah, it's based on a French movie from 1991. Cameron and Schwarzenegger decides that they want to adapt this and make it into an English movie, make it a Hollywood movie. And one of the things that he does with the script is that he they hire Bill Paxton. We forgot to say Bill Paxton. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. They they hire a, a team of writers to write jokes for the movie. And Cameron scraps all of their jokes and writes his own. Of course he does. So, so all of the jokes, are, except for two of them, one of them being the signature You're fired? presidential phrase. That, You're fired? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did, please tell me Arnold came up with that one. I, I, I'm clear based on what I read. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so it's originally a French film. They take it to the US, decide to make it a Hollywood movie. And for go... French, huh? I like the way they think. They that's, go. See, Thomas, and make, that's an arre- that's an Arrested Development reference. You don't know what you're missing out on. Let me just say, they go and make the most expensive production <laughs> ever. Was it really? True so, so Cameron 19- had like it was consecutive movies. He set the record for most expensive production ever, all the way through Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was like no movie had ever been over $100 million. So, of course, James Cameron goes and does it with this movie, like an action comedy. What's this rated? Is this rated PG-13 or is it or is it R? It's rated R. So you spent that much money on a rated R? That's ridiculous. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, so it made $378 million worldwide, which is good, but still... It, it was the most expensive movie ever. It wasn't the most uh, successful movie of the year. So in 1994, two movies uh, pulled in more money than True Lies. Can you guys guess what two movies? Mm-hmm. Was Jurassic Park from that year? Not no. Jurassic Park. I Independence of, Day? I, I can't think of what. I can't think of a single other movie from, so from the, 1994. The, the two movies that were more successful were Forrest Gump and Lion King. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, uh, True Lies, on the other hand, did narrowly beat out the Santa Claus, the Flintstones, and Clear and Present Danger. The Flintstones. Probably have, none of which even approached $100 million. <laughs> no. I mean, the, the cars in Flintstones didn't even have you know, floors to them. Yeah, really so, cheap production. True Lies might actually have pulled in more money, uh, but 
when it came out, it was only number one at the box office for one week before Forrest Gump premiered and knocked it off. So the scheduling was probably not ideal for it. Forrest Gump's budget was $55 million. <laughs> so less than half. <laughs> well, I mean, did Forrest Gump have cool Harriet? Like a Harrier? <laughs> no. no, 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 it didn't. Okay, guys, can, can we jump in, please? I want to do a deep dive here because this movie's bonkers. All right, I, I, I just want to mention one more thing about okay, the movie. Okay, all right. Two years ago now, in 2018, True Lies uh, became, started to be mentioned again because uh, Dushku published a piece on Facebook about how when she was 12 years old and filming it, she had been molested uh, on set by, what was he, like a stunt director or something like that. That's why True oh, Lies Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Thank you. That's a good segue. That that's really you kind of messed with my headspace there, man. That's that's some Okay, so uh, I don't even remember how the movie starts out, but let's just jump to Switzerland. It's, so, let's he's jump been, to... there he, Arnold Schwarzenegger is swimming underneath ice and Tom Arnold is in a van with what's his name? What's that actor's name? He's been in a lot of stuff. Uh... The Good Arab. <laughs> <laughs> Grant Heslov. And uh, so then uh, Schwarzenegger cuts a hole in the ice, comes up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. First, he's got to get through underwater bars. He's like, right. operates like this underground welder to cut through bars that uh, the security is such in this Switzerland, in this Swiss estate, that uh, even if you have a scuba suit, you've got to saw through bars. I can't believe there weren't sharks or something right so it was or really that there wasn't an easier way <laughs> yeah. so it was it's really confusing to me as to why he was in the water and he, he, it's in switzerland so it's obviously like probably a lake but when he cracked through the ice and climbed up it sort of looked like a pool right like, <laughs> where did he go in that they didn't right. <laughs> like oh that guy's just ice fishing over there <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the the ice is really thin, but yes. he uses a knife to to pick up through it, and then he climbs out, and it's it's a very absurd. And 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 then pulls off the dry suit, and has a tuxedo underneath, and this has is, no no wrinkles in it. And to top it off, he pulls out some cologne and slaps that on his cheeks. This is when you know it's going to be good. <laughs> yes, yes, and it's funny because we uh, I just listened to the sub beacon where they talked about camp, you know, with Flash Gordon being camp. And like the first 20, 30 minutes of this movie is unintentional camp, which is why, you know, Archer and Austin Powers totally ripped off and made fun of uh, so many things from these opening scenes, from from the, the boss with an eye patch to uh, being chased by people with on skis and snowmobiles. It's fantastic. Do you know how the movie was initially pitched? No. But, so uh, during this period in 1994, there were no Bond movies coming out. And the initial pitch was that Arnold Schwarzenegger and James Cameron wanted to do an American James Bond. Yeah. Him, like, you know, fixing the cufflinks on the suit and, <laughs> and straightening it out is clearly like, oh, this is our James Bond. <laughs> yeah. In, in, instead, they do Arnold Schwarzenegger as an international spy who is cuckolded at home. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he goes in, and really, honestly, in retrospect, I can't even remember why it is that he was here. But he, he was goes, 
he was stealing files from the computer on the uh, second floor because he had he goes into the party and then he goes upstairs. And he goes to the party and he and he speaks several languages, but mm. totally. one of the subtitles says perfect Arabic, <laughs> indicating. <laughs> so I don't know if that meant that the rest of the stuff he said in other languages was terrible, but the subtitle actually said perfect Arabic in parentheses. So you, the viewer, would know that this was perfect. He's, he's, he's like a well-trained spy, even yes. though he, he doesn't, he can't even do an American accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's what I wondered as he's speaking these other languages, I'm like, does he sound like Arnold does in English? Like, ah, like, does he, like, does he speak Arabic? Like, I'm Arnold. There, there are some amazing lines being uttered here in the first 15 minutes. Oh, yes. Like, like were you born in a barn? Whorehouse. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the, 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 the good Arab goes to, takes a leak, comes back in without closing the door. Tom Arnold says, close the door. Were you born in a barn? Which, why, when you're, like, you're spies. Like, why wouldn't you close the door to the van, to your audio van, where you've got to listen to <laughs> Because they wanted to insert that hilarious joke. Right. It, it is really funny. My it's dad, worth probably, it. I'm sure my dad loved it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, Arnold sneaks upstairs uh, in perfect Arabic, well, asks. Hold on. Says, he, got- he gets upstairs and then he has to go out a window and scale yes. the side of the mansion up another two floors in a, in a, in a tuxedo <laughs> with, with no equipment. But he's, it's fine. He boots up the computer. It shows us that it's Windows 3.1, <laughs> and they really wanted full accuracy, so it took a full 10 minutes for it to boot up. Yeah, and, and then they, they have to, to hack the thing. And, and it is sort of already clear, like he scales it, he uses the computer, he is swimming. Like it's sort of clear that, what's his name? Harry Tasker? Harry Tasker. He, he can do anything. Anything. Mm, anything. Yeah. Then he goes down. Is it before or after this? He actually tries to spot like the, the Saudi millionaire, billionaire or whatever. And he's trying to figure out who is. And when he sees him, he asks over, over the comms, like, how come billionaires are always short? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another hilarious joke. <laughs> I'm, I'm James Cameron, man. That guy <laughs> writes good jokes. It's at that point, one of the security guards notices a hole in the ice in the lake, which apparently is a dead giveaway. Yeah, yeah. That someone has, like, 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 why are literally, like, I, literally I'm someone like, must have oh, broke in. Someone fell in. Not, like, they're like, nope, someone swam under and cut their way through and is in the party now. <laughs> Clearly someone made it through the underwater bars. Right. So the, the alarm starts going off. He does the tango with T. Carrere. With the hot chick. While uh, Tom Arnold is telling him, "It's the bitch." <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> At which point, I, I I'm like, "This this is camp. You don't make Tom Arnold the guy in the chair if you're not making camp." Yeah, but also, Tom Arnold is the best part of this movie because because he's, he's actually, the worst. He's like the worst best friend ever. We'll get to that. Yeah, but he's like, but he's actually like a genuinely funny. Like when he delivers a funny line, whether it's funny or not, he can he can sell it as yeah. funny. None of the other funny lines from anyone else work. It, like unless the ones that are like not supposed to be funny, like all of Bill Paxton's lines. <laughs> <laughs> 
But all right, all right. So 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 let's get into this. So I kept thinking throughout the movie. I wasn't thinking about James Bond. I was thinking that this is a camp Mission Impossible. Yeah, is much closer to yeah. With, with with Tom Arnold sort of as the Simon Pegg character mm-hmm. making jokes, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Tom Cruise sort of uh, ish, and then they have a super hacker with them. What like well, it's much team. closer to those. What are those Charlie Sheen movies? Um, the the Hot Shots. Shots. Charlie, it's oh. it's much closer to that than to you know Mission Impossible or James Bond because it's 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 so insane. He, uh, Tom Arnold has asked him, how are you going to get out of there? He's like, oh, I'm going to walk out the front door. And then the guy, they're checking people's invitations on the way out. And <laughs> which is the thing that you do at parties. <laughs> and that's when he sets off the explosion. And then it's, uh, the snowmobile, uh, guys on snowmobiles trying to shoot and him, skis. which that and should skis. be, an, that should be an Olympic sport, like <laughs> riding a snowmobile and trying to shoot a guy. <laughs> But that's a James Bond thing again. Mm-hmm. Like, do and, uh, a, and an Archer thing. Great Archer episode. Do you see where Tia uh, keeps her business card? Yeah, it, like close right to her chest. To, close to the chest. <laughs> let's Thomas. Let's keep this close to the chest, as Bruce uh, Wayne says in The Dark Knight. Yeah, but but so they they manage to get away. They flee from the evil guys, the baddies. Uh, and they get back home where Arnold Schwarzenegger and Tom Arnold are arriving at his house. Wait, can uh, we talk about the, the like, it, like of everything that's ridiculous about this, at least like when he's shooting back at the guys and the attention to detail and um, how realistic it was. Like if you've ever had the unfortunate experience of seeing someone shot in real life, you know that they jump up as high as they can <laughs> throw their hands straight in the air every time. Look, they're, they're aiming for realism. Uh, James Cameron is a stickler for it. Yeah. And clearly James Cameron has, has never lived north of the Mason-Dixon line because Tom Arnold is driving on ice, and he's driving like all over the place, slipping on the ice, and somehow well, doesn't go in the ditch. It's, he's trained. He's a, he, you know, he's a trained agent. He knows how to drive on ice, apparently. <laughs> like 100 miles an hour, yeah. sli- like no control, and never once goes in the ditch. It's crazy. Uh, Tom Arnold takes Schwarzenegger home after mm. he managed to escape and uh, gives him like his passports and everything back and whatever. Mm. And then uh, Schwarzenegger, he's forgotten his wedding ring. Mm. And I don't know, like sort of suggest what's going to happen later, maybe. Uh, or Foreshadowing. Like- we're at the home. We find this oh. new tech, a pack of cigarettes, and, and he places it uh, in the room, sets up this camera, and they, they witness Eliza Dushku stealing from Tom Arnold's jacket. Somehow she knows where his wallet is, like, and he always takes off his jacket and leaves his wallet there. And well, she's with why, it for a while. why are you taking off your jacket with your wallet in it, just leaving it on the chair? And, and, and he mentioned that this has been an ongoing thing. Right. It's, it, she's been doing it. And, and so he gives the glasses, the special sunglasses with the, with the cam or with the um, screen in it uh, to Schwarzenegger. So he can watch his daughter steal money out of um, Tom Ronald's jacket. Schwarzenegger chases her outside and apparently is like her. She gets on this motorcycle with her boyfriend and he has no ability to, <laughs> 
like even get her to slow down for a second. And he says, what is he says something like, we'll talk about this later. Or something like that. Yeah. And there's 12 year old Eliza Dishku hops on a crotch rocket and right. <laughs> drives off. There, there's some great parenting going on here. And the, and so in, in the way Jamie Lee Curtis tries to get his attention, like, because she's like, just talking and she thinks he's not listening to him and she says like oh the plumber came and he said it's going to be he says he's going to have to dig under the slab it's going to be six hundred dollars and she's talking about like how and i'm like that sounds pretty yeah. <laughs> like you have to <laughs> dig under the slab that doesn't seem crazy and but she but because he says okay that sounds fine she thinks like he's not paying attention because he doesn't freak out about the price and i'm like look at this house six hundred dollars like what <laughs> If James Cameron is making an action spy comedy for over a hundred million bucks. He has no idea what anything right. costs. <laughs> what can a banana cost? Ten dollars? Right. He's like, oh, so you know, middle class people, they wouldn't pay six hundred dollars to a plumber, would they? That's way too much. <laughs> Uh, so they're driving to work, and uh, oh, it turn, we're going to get to the fourteen-year-old boinking talk. That yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Tom Arnold, the worst best friend ever, uh, but also the social conservative. He says, yeah, but you're not her parents anymore, you and Helen. Her parents <laughs> are Axl Madonna Rose and Madonna. And- <laughs> the five minutes a day you spend with her can't compete with that kind of constant bombardment. You're out gunned, amigo. And then yeah. start talking about sex, and he's like, see, kids are now 10 years ahead of where they were at our age. You probably think she's still a virgin. He's like, she's 14 years old. And that's the first time I realized she's only 14 years old. Well, and, and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character doesn't remember how old she is. Yes. Yeah, he's like, he's, he's like, she's only, how old is she? And Tom Arnold knows. <laughs> Arnold doesn't. Because uh, oh. like hit the audience over the head to let them know, like, he's a detached parent. Tom Arnold knows because he, he's keeping track on when she turns legal. <laughs> oh my God. He's got that date circled on the calendar. <laughs> So, so they get to their headquarters, and let me tell you, this place is secure. So not only do they walk through a hallway where they are x-rayed, which, you know, people who work in x-ray tech, like, they, they stand behind a lead thing, right, so that they don't get bombarded by x-rays. Mm. These people, every day when they walk into work, are x-rayed for, like, a minute. Mm-hmm. And they, they listen to them converse while they walk down this long hallway x-rayed and we get to see uh this beautiful physique of tom arnold and they get to the end of the hallway locked door uh are they're let in they do a retinal scan and a and this while this woman clutches a gun and and points the gun at them even though it looks like them in case they have a mission impossible mask they're gonna pull back so she's x-rayed them did the did the verbal thing Let's just uh, did, did did retinal scan, fingerprint. Let's just say this building's very secure. Right. They don't have like guards. They have. They're like, let's just give the secretary a gun. Let's, yes. Let's save let's save, well, save some money. Well, I mean that that lady has seen some shit. <laughs> like, and then they but, walk across the seal of the Omega sector. The last line of defense. They make the watches, and <laughs> they're spies. <laughs> Did uh, I, I don't know? I didn't know that. Was he wearing a Seamaster? I didn't look. You know, I didn't pay attention to the watches at all. I, 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 I don't know. I'm, I'm sure JVL will we'll tell us to, after yeah, the show. Yeah, we'll have to get him to comment on this. All right. And then they, they walk into the, to the conference room later where it is clear that, oh, they fucked up in Switzerland and their boss is, you know, setting them straight. Well, who's their boss? He's a real ball, bla- ball breaker. <laughs> well, it's Charlton Heston. 
with an eye patch. Yeah. Well, so you, you know think what? that was his idea? You think he's like, I'll be in the <laughs> no? I I actually I did my research. I know why he has an eye patch. Well, first, I know why it's Charlton Heston. It is because it was the only person James Cameron could think of who might intimidate Schwarzenegger. And the reason he has an eye patch is because he is based on a comic book character that Samuel L. Jackson made famous. He's based on Nick Fury. So you're uh, saying you're saying a cat gouged out his eye. Anything from Captain Marvel, that's how Nick Fury lost his eye is because a cat gouged out his eye. But so, so what, the, what does Charlton Heston do? Well, mainly he is spitting out lines from the 60s like screw the pooch and blowing my skirt up. Yep. This, this is just delightful camp. I, I loved it. And did, I wrote this down. Uh, did he actually say this or am I making this up? Uh, that they didn't get – he wanted hard data. And, and Tom Arnold's like, well, not rock hard data. Actually, pretty limp. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what he says. Yeah, I wrote that down too. <laughs> it's, it's not rock hard. <laughs> Actually, pretty limp. And uh, apparently they didn't teach Tom Arnold how to say the bad guy's name because they're like Khaled, Khaled. And Tom Arnold's like Khalid. Khalid, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it seems like they are telling Charlton Heston, Nick Fury here, that uh, the bad guys are going to bring nukes to the U.S. And that appears to be the plan, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because terrorists do bad things, and uh, we later find out that they're going to blow up Miami. In the original French movie, they were going to blow up a soccer stadium. Oh. Oh, do the world Miami's bigger. They, they, James Cameron <laughs> took it up a notch. <clears throat> that, that's why it's uh, 100 million bucks. Right. <laughs> we might blow up Miami. <laughs> All right, so what do they after they've been yelled at by Charlton Heston? Well, they're like, well, let's go check out the hot chick. Yeah, she, I mean, she has, an, has an office. Uh, right, right here in River City, which I believe is a Music Man reference. I don't believe they call D.C. River City. What's it a reference to? Well, there's, there's a musical called The Music Man, and uh, there's a famous uh, song there. Uh, man, uh, it's not going to come to me now. Right here in River City, that's... Oh, we get trouble right here in River City. Trouble with capital T, with strand with P, which stands for pool. But you're so proud of yourself, aren't you? I've, I'm <laughs> pretty proud of myself. We should have Adam on to sing that song. I believe he was in The Music Man. Uh, they, they go to see uh, Tia. And, the hot chick. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger has his practiced routine, whatever, and pretends that he's there to look at art or something. He says that he's heard she can read ancient Sanskrit without having to sound out the words. Yeah. Whatever that yeah. is that actually what he said that's what i thought he said i was like sound out that's exactly that what he said okay yeah before he arrives though uh we see her yell at these men so to kind of indicate that she's or maybe he's there but they're kind of sitting around and she yells at them so she, we we know that she's tough right she, she at, at least tough. at this point at least she, right up she's until tough she gets punched until, in the face yeah by, by her employer. <laughs> Called a uh, whore. Uh, yeah, so, so Schwarzenegger... Well, right now, we're, we're led to believe that she's in charge. She, yeah, and she's talking to Schwarzenegger or whatever, and he tries to get some info out of her. Does she actually say anything useful? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah she's an art smuggler, is essentially right. what she's telling him. She mm-hmm. knows how to get stuff into the country. Uh, and it's sort of... I guess, cl- I it, it, It's sort of clear that she's the bad guy i mean woman bad woman lady villain it's clear that she's the lady villain right 
Well, right. until she gets punched point, in the face. Until she's just like, you know, not the villain. And she's like... <laughs> just someone who actually specifically articulates her motivation near the end of the movie. In case you're wondering what her motivation is, I don't care about their cause. It's about the money. Right. So, so they have we don't want to leave that. We don't want to leave her motivations ambiguous. We want to spell them out. Right. So, so after Schwarzenegger leaves, one of the the workers walks into her office and just starts to slap her around with his big hand. And or because he says he there's like now there's surveillance all over the building. Right. So how do they know? How do they know any of this? How do they know to follow Arnold after this? Unclear uh, to me exactly how this happens, but they suspect that Schwarzenegger is an agent or oh, problem because, of some sort. It's because Schwarzenegger's not a good agent. <laughs> That's why <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of an idiot. So it's his birthday, mm-hmm. and his wife is Jamie Lee Curtis is making a birthday cake and. He's supposed to be home at eight for a birthday party. He says he'll definitely be there, without a doubt. Yeah, but but you see, but you see, Chris, th- this is the thing when it comes to terrorists. They are really inconsiderate when it comes to people's <laughs> schedules. This this is true. Um, but how would we know this unless a character were to say that exact line? Oh well, I mean, I guess Arnold could say I hadn't, it. I hadn't thought about it before. <laughs> no. <laughs> But you know what? That's actually a pretty funny line. I, I'm glad James Cameron put that in the script because that's, that's hilarious. What I like is so, so they, they, Tom Arnold uh, realizes they've got a tail. And right away, Schwarzenegger just by, says, oh, the station wagon, however many, the station yeah. wagon that's just like swerving in and out of lanes following them. <laughs> I could have. <laughs> and so they, they go to the mall. Like uh, Schwarzenegger calls the other guy and says, meet us at the mall. Unit seven. Yeah, unit seven. Meet us at the mall. He's like, okay. He's like, but, but take your time, though. Yeah. And so they park, and the station wagon parks behind them, and that's where Schwarzenegger gets out the cigarettes with the camera in it and puts on the sunglasses, and he so he gets out, lights a smoke, and looks at them with the, with the pack of cigarettes behind him. He's facing away with them. And then he turns around and walks right towards them. <laughs> like... What was the whole point of looking at them through the through the camera? And either James Cameron or Arnold Schwarzenegger wanted to put in a plug for being anti-smoking because do you notice that he he coughed when he lit the cigarette cigarette, indicating that he's not a smoker? Oh. That this was like a right. cover. Yeah, because uh, that that's what secret agent spies do all the time. If they're in a situation where they have to smoke and pretend they're a smoker, they they just cough. They just okay. like, hack. Can, can we talk about the bathroom scene? Yes. Again, so, another inspiration for Austin Powers. Uh, so, first of all, they do the bathroom scene better than Mission Impossible. So They don't was, do it better than Casino Royale, though. What's with bathrooms? Uh, anyway. That's where spies kill people. Listen, <laughs> you can put someone's face in a urinal and have a hilarious line like, cool off. Cool off. <laughs> right. Like... <laughs> There was nothing, nothing else. How long did they spend in trying to come up with something? Else? Just, just say cool off. I don't know. I can't think of anything anymore. Well, but they also add the the older guy who's just sitting in a booth, right? Trying to, you know, do number two. A stall in the states. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a booth. Yeah. Sure. 
sitting in a booth. Yeah. <laughs> Arnold uses a hand dryer. I'm glad that he's anti-hand dryer as well. Sanders are gross. Hundreds of rounds of automatic uh, gunfire going off, and the guy's—he's he, fine. But yeah, where, where, where was he hiding that he didn't get mowed down by that fire? I have no idea. Uh, Schwarzenegger apologized to him, though. Which yeah, yeah, on his way out, he says sorry. He says sorry a lot in he this uh, sequence of scenes here. And I like um, where um uh, after they leave the bathroom, Thomas, did you have more bathroom comments? No, I, I just I just like to seeing uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger on the ground in the pee water, fumbling for his his gun. It's it's all it's great. Great, Tom, yeah, it was great. He kills a couple guys, but then the the big bad guy comes in with just this machine gun and somehow doesn't kill. Oh, all right, so so Arnold, anything. Arnold only kills one of them. The other is alive and handcuffed, and Khalid kills him. Just, just so we're clear. Okay, so he only oh, killed I the guy that, that he little... said cool off to. He killed so okay. That's how we're supposed to know that Khalid is really bad because he'll kill his own guys. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like Bane. Right. And so right. Tom Arnold uh, kind of pursues him and uh, the g- realizes he has a machine gun and the guy just like fires a machine gun at him <laughs> and, and fat Tom Arnold tries to hide behind a pole. <laughs> By far my favorite part of the movie. Uh, yeah, I loved it. He's like one third the width right. of the, the pole and he, he doesn't get hit. He grabs his nuts and says, thank God. Well, I mean, just like Maddie and Ed TV, when you wake up, what's the first thing you do? Like, th- that's what you check. You make sure that it's still there. Right. Yeah. 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 It's no, I mean, like, that was legit good comedy. Like, mm-hmm. that guy hiding behind a skinny pole. It's great. So, so Arnold, so the guy finds a motorcycle, drives through like I don't know a hotel, uh, and then Arnold calls Tom Arnold, and he's like, "I'm in pursuit, uh, but hurry up because my, my horse. horse is getting tired." <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. That 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 worked. Arnold Schwarzenegger as John Wick was great. But I mean, yes. uh, so then they then they get into a building. I don't know what the building is supposed to be. Um, Do you mean the hotel or the? Was it a hotel? Well, they're in a hotel, but then they're out of it, and then yeah, right. I don't know where. Where is he going up the elevator? What building? Is, what, That's got to that, be a hotel, is right? Is it okay? It's the glass so, elevator. At what point are the motorcycle and horse costing you time? Getting in and out of an <laughs> elevator, maneuvering. These small spaces. But yeah, what are you gonna do with the the horse once you're on the twenty second floor? Well, what's the plan? Apparently, the well, plan uh, was to jump to his death. Well, but but before that, so in the elevator, the lady in uh, uh, Schwarzenegger's elevator really doesn't like the horse because the butt, the horse butt, is right there. And the horse gives her a little what for by smacking her in the face <laughs> with his tail. With his tail. <laughs> All right, but yeah. Well, so, and, and here's here's the thing: is the the most unrealistic part of the movie, honestly, is this chase because when they get in the elevator, I've never seen an elevator door close that quickly. <laughs> Did you see it? Like they get right in and the door closes. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even push the button. They didn't. They, yeah, they didn't even have to go like close door, close door. It, it just like closed. Well, I thought you were going to say that the most unrealistic part was when he jumped from the, <laughs> the roof into the swimming pool. So, yeah. So, he's on a motor. So, Khalid is on a motorcycle. It makes this jump. Doesn't well, clear he, it by he's much. On the, he's on the top of a building. Right. Drives off jumps, the building. He, he, yeah. Over to a lower building into the swimming pool. Doesn't make it by much. Doesn't <laughs> Barely makes it into the swimming pool. 
Schwarzenegger goes to the edge with the horse, then looks and says, okay, then uh, backs up to give himself some room and gets the horse going and he's going to do it. He's going to make the jump. And then the horse just stops and he kind of falls over the edge of the horse or the top of the horse. What, what would make him think that like, like he was like, what is a motorcycle? That motorcycle had what? Two, 300 horsepower. <laughs> like he's and on he has it, one it, horse. It barely cleared it. And he's yeah, he's on a horse. Like one yeah, horse like, power. and he's yelling at the horse. They they should send him in for some you know some intelligence testing after this. <laughs> it would have been like the, the who was it the the other guys where uh, the Rock and Samuel L. Jackson just yeah, jump yeah, off the building exactly. to their death. That's what that's what well, it would have been. That horse would have killed so many people. Yeah, he he's yelling at the horse, calling him a bad cop or something yeah. like that. Like, and the horse has better judgment than he does. Yeah. Well, so uh, so true story. So when they were on the set, they were actually near a, a, a very steep cliff or something like that, like a high edge, and. Arnold Schwarzenegger was on the horse and the horse threw him off and Arnold was pulled to safety by a stuntman while they were filming True Lies. Anyway. I still feel that the next scene of the movie should have been like something where Charlton Heston's coming in and being like, I'm sorry, Harry, that we had to put you through these tests and stuff. And I got to tell you, the results are not good. Um, The the horse scored better than you did, actually. You know, uh, all, it's, those times, it's a, all those times told me that you can't read very well. I just thought that was a running joke between us. I, I, I'm, I'm fired for sure. This year you tried to jump off of a 37-story building with a horse? You thought you'd make it... It's almost like you saw the, the, the rock jump in, in Skyscraper and thought that that was science. This isn't right. a movie, Harry. Or at least we could have got the cliched like police captain lectures them about destruction of property. Yeah. We didn't even get that. No. I guess you could do whatever. The Omega facts. sector doesn't doesn't deal with destruction of property because people don't know they exist. Right. So uh, after their meeting with One Eye, they Schwarzenegger wants to take his wife out for lunch. Right. Uh, before Goes that, to- we get the we get the name of the criminal organization. You guys remember what it is? Uh, Red Sacred Moon, something. What what is it? Crimson Jihad. Jihad, that sounds scary. That's pretty scary, yeah. So, yes, so to make up for missing... Tom said red. They should have gone with red. (laughs) Red Jihad. Red Holy War. So he wants to make make it up to his wife for missing uh, His his birthday. And so he stops by for lunch and and it's clear that Tom Arnold and Arnold Schwarzenegger just don't care about each other because Arnold's just like, just wait for me in the car. He's just like, pull over here and wait. I'm going to have an hour long lunch with my wife and you're just going to sit here. Yeah, fine. I don't have anything else better to do. I'm not going to, I'm not going to let you do office work. Nope. You're just going to sit here and wait. Like it really seems that Tom Arnold's job is just like his babysitter. Like he's kind of stupid. Don't just don't let him like get killed crossing the street. Just tell him that cars won't stop. He's good at beating people up. Just make right. make sure he gets to the bad guys. We need yes. him because he's a really good puncher. Schwarzenegger goes up to his wife's office and she is I never like illegal secretary or something like that, and um, overhears 
his wife, Jamie Lee Curtis, answered the phone. No, no, the co-worker tells her that, oh, you have a call from the, that the, guy. Not, no, nah, it's, not, it's not just a co-worker. It's, it's the sassy black co-worker. Right. <laughs> yeah, tells Jamie Lee Curtis that she has a call and she answers it. And uh, It's Mystery Man on two. Mystery Man, that's, that's it. Who wants to take Jamie Lee Curtis out for lunch or want to meet? Wants to meet. Mm-hmm. Wants to meet. And Jamie Lee Curtis drops everything. And but Arnold overhears. So Arnold overhears that this mystery man is making plans. And hides. Like, hides really poor. If, if your spouse <laughs> turned her back to you and you walked past them, would you recognize them? Not a chance. Isn't that your husband right there? That giant guy? I'm pretty sure that's your husband. <laughs> And this isn't the first time this happened. When later on, when he's sitting in the chair, we'll get to that. It's like it's a miracle that she doesn't recognize <laughs> yeah. who he is. Okay, so she goes to this meeting. Uh, Schwarzenegger starts to sulk and goes down to Tom Arnold again, <laughs> the worst and, best friend ever. And he's just got great advice for. Sure, he has women can't live with them, can't kill can't them, kill them. <laughs> well, the first thing he says is, "Welcome to the club, man." because <laughs> he's had three wives so he's thrilled that schwarzenegger's life is starting to be as messed up as his and, and so, i've got another quote i wrote down besides welcome to the club man she just wants to bang this guy for a while it's nothing serious yeah and he's being supportive when he's yes sad. yes and so <laughs> is is this the, the part of the movie where tom arnold also tells schwarzenegger about one of his uh, divorce settlements or like, or is that later? Anyway, so uh, so Tom, Ar- Tom Arnold tells Schwarzenegger about how his second wife, when they broke up, she stole the, the ice cube trays out of the freezer, which is a true story because that's what Roseanne Barr did to Tom Arnold when they got divorced. Are you serious? And, and the reason it's in the movie is that Cameron included it when he overheard Schwarzenegger and Tom Arnold talk about it on set. Oh my gosh. And Tom Arnold was apparently fine with it. <laughs> apparently. But Tom Arnold's whole screed against women is, we're, we're seeing kind of a pattern in this whole movie, which I think, so, be, you know, the, with the hot chick getting punched in the face twice. With I this. mean, this was peak 90s action movie behavior for... I think. Well, like, I mean, the, the movie is packed with role models. Like, if I had kids, I would sit, mm. them, down, sit them down in front of them and be like, watch this. It's probably what uh, Vic Matters did. Watch that um, Bill Paxton guy. He's your... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so, so this is how bad this movie is when it comes to, like, I don't know, misogyny and bad role models or whatever, is that John Simon, who was the, the critic at the time for National Review, he trashed it. And said that it was like misogyny run amok or something along those lines. It absolutely is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that appeared in the National Review in 1994. So Schwarzenegger has found out that the wife is cheating. Well, she's not, but... Well, so what what would a sensible person do? Might, like, ask your wife about it? Yeah, have a discussion, like... We need to talk about some things, like maybe reflect on your own behavior a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what have I done? Have I been distant? Maybe I missed my birthday dinner that she worked hard on. 
maybe I've missed everything for the last. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe I, I don't know how don't, old my daughter is. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know how old my daughter is, and I let her ride on the back of a motorcycle to school at fourteen years old. Yeah, but instead, what he does is uh, he follows this guy and mm-hmm. finds out that he is a car salesman, and he goes right. in. And he goes on a test drive. And this is the weirdest test drive I've ever seen because, in fact, he's not the driving. Salesman the salesman's driving. driving. <laughs> I've never seen I didn't know that was a thing, to be honest. And, <laughs> I didn't either. And then in the middle of the test drive, do they stop somewhere to get food? Or like what? Are they like they're in a parking lot or something? Well, they do switch. They do, Arnold yeah. drives at the end. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't. But why wasn't he driving s- the whole time? <laughs> a salesman would be in the car with you? I, I like, l- let me, let me drive this for you to show you how to drive. <laughs> I don't know what the point is. The one on the right makes it go and the one on the left makes it stop. You got it. You got it. All right. <laughs> Put it in the D and let's go. So, so, so here's my, my, my thing about him being a used car salesman is that, so if you imagine that your spouse is cheating on you, with someone, what would be the worst possible occupation for that person? And it's like, can you imagine something that would be worse than a used car salesman? Yeah, not, like, not, not much. I mean, guard at Auschwitz, but that's about it. Oh that's, that's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> yeah, and in, in, it's clear right away that Bill Paxton is just a, an amazing dirtbag. Yeah, so he starts talking about all the different ways that he lies to women to sleep right. with Right, yeah. Like that's that's a normal thing to do when you're trying to sell someone a car. <laughs> and 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 he says that he's got a woman on the hook right now, great body, ass like a ten year old boy. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Uh, all right, so so th- this is the part of the movie that I dislike the most. So the movie is like two hours and 20 minutes long in total, and there is a lot of this middle stuff that they could just have cut. Like, Oh, we're getting to something big that could be, could have been cut. Were the director not a raging misogynist? Oh, what's that, Chris? Well, the next thing we see is we see uh, the car salesman up his game and take her along uh to what i think is his home but he calls a safe house which is a trailer house <laughs> outside of town little does he know arnold is using where this doesn't seem that safe <laughs> no where where where's anybody with a gun protecting us <laughs> and little does he know that arnold has used the full force of the omega sector omega sector i'm pretty sure if you use a strike team to stop your wife from having an affair with air support, you're fired. Like, you, yeah. might, you might be in jail. <laughs> you, but they come in, they saw the, the end off the trailer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's going to be on the news. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so, okay, so, so they abduct both of them. Uh, they, they, they drop off Bill Paxton at, like, Hoover Dam or something. Yeah. And he right. pees his pants. Yeah, he he has to. They he for some reason it's in the script that he has to talk about how much of a small dick he has, and and then he pees his pants. And then he pees his pants. <sighs> then we go to the weirdest interrogation ever. 
So they put Jamie Lee Curtis in, in this dark room with, you know, like um, a, a, a mirrored wall, but you can only see through it from the control room, whatever they're in. Mm-hmm. And then they use some voice distorter mm-hmm. to interrogate her. And, like, and, and ask her all sorts of normal questions like, do you love your husband? <laughs> Have you ever ha- cheated on your husband? <laughs> Have you had sexual <laughs> relations with Simon, the used car salesman? <laughs> The, the thing is, like, watching the movie and listening to their questions, I could barely make out what they were saying. Like, I knew what they had asked her based on her answer. Yeah. Um, and they're like, you're going to be in deep trouble. And then she takes her stool and bashes the window and almost breaks through it. And they're like, you're a gonna... very good window. And at no point are they like, oh, you should stop doing that because, like, she forgets that she's in deep trouble at that point. The, and that, like, the you know, might come in and... Yeah, but you, you, know, you know what often works on uh, people that are really upset and acting really violently and irrationally? If you try to tell them to calm down and you do it multiple times, they will usually settle down. Yeah, that always works. Yeah. So this, this interrogation for Arnold solved the problem of, answered the question of whether or not uh, she was sleeping with Simon. She wasn't. That's she all loves he her husband. Uh, she found out. Um, also, we found out that she described. How would you describe your husband? And she said, "My husband is normal and boring." Clearly, she'd never seen him with his shirt off and his massive secret agent muscles. <laughs> he's just like she says. He's he's the most boring, limp dick guy ever. <laughs> and so they're like, "Okay, well, we'll let you go." Harry, your cover is too good. <laughs> They're like, well, either you're going to go to jail forever or you do us one huge favor, which we'll name later. And then the next day they're like, okay, we're going to need that favor. Right. And the favor is to dress sexy, go to this one hotel, pick up a letter to Doris and deliver it to a hotel room. Easy, right? And also dance. And mm. she's like, well, do- no, he likes well, to watch. Hey, hey. <laughs> Hang on. It- Okay, I guess I guess yeah, we yeah, he likes to watch. And so so they they keep up in the like this favor. Like suddenly it's you're a prostitute and she's like, "Do I have to bang?" They're like, "No, just dance." He likes to watch. So she looks at a mirror in the hallway and, and starts tearing shit off her dress. Yeah, does some dress alterations, make sure she looks like a proper prostitute. <laughs> Who doesn't do that on the fly? Uh, and again, uh, all of all of this could have been eliminated from the movie. All of it, especially this next scene. The only explanation for the next scene is that James Cameron is a complete raving misogynist. Uh, so, would you like to guess how many wives he's had? Oh, I actually don't. Uh, 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 three or four. 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 He's on his fifth wife. Well, him and Rush Limbaugh. Of course, at the time, he had only been divorced three times. Mm. Okay. So Jamie Lee Curtis shows up in this, in this apartment, and Schwarzenegger is sitting no, no, no. in a- No, uh, no, It's a hotel room. Hotel room, sorry. Uh, so Schwarzenegger is sitting in a chair next to the bed by the window. He's holding a tape recorder in his hand next to the chair, and Jamie Lee Curtis walks in, and he starts to play the recorder. Do you guys remember what tape like, recorders sound like? <laughs> well, uh, they don't yeah. at all sound like not somebody like a human talking. Voice. <laughs> no. 
It, it sounds that, like someone playing a tape off of a crappy speaker. You have no idea what you're talking about, Ryan. So they sound really clear, <laughs> and the recording is perfectly matched <laughs> to sort of what she's going to ask and gives really good instructions. And mm-hmm. so Jamie Lee Curtis strips and dances and whatever. Trivia from IMDb is that that was actually her own bra and panties that she is wearing in that scene uh, doing the dance. They end up on the bed. She still doesn't know who he is. Uh, smacks him with, is it a phone? No, okay. Let's, let's be a little bit more specific here. Okay, so- Do we have to? <laughs> she was supposed to just strip, but then he's like, get on the bed and close your eyes. And then he gets on top of her and like takes a rose or uh, a flower and like puts it all over her body, at which time then she smacks him, yes. Right. Guys, uh, guys. What was his plan here? I have no idea. Uh, yeah. I, I have no idea. That his wife might recognize him once he got on top of her. I don't know. But but she would have been like, wait a second, you lured me here under this right. crazy pretense? Why would Maybe? he think that this would make her like... <laughs> like, 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 like the only outcome of this plan whatever is divorce like what's the honestly what happened was the best outcome for him yeah yeah the, ba- it, the bad guys the you bad had guys this, abduct them uh, maybe he was planning on he's like well i'll get her to be abducted with me <laughs> that way that uh, an abduction will really bring us back together making her out to be uh, a prostitute right. without her uh, knowledge there's, there's yeah uh, if that hadn't happened, this is like totally. You You'd know. be like, "Psych! I totally made you go to a room for some random stranger and take off your clothes and dance." I thought I was him. gonna die. <laughs> You're not gonna die. Well, well she did. He's like, "I got adventure. you so bad." Um, all right. So they are abducted. They uh, end up with the Arabs and because the, the, the hotel room that he uses was like the suite at the beginning that they used. So that that the bad guys had been monitoring because they suspected he was a bad guy. Great oh, tradecraft right I didn't, there. I didn't realize that. That's it's, that's okay. what they always teach you. Just yeah. keep using the same room over and over. Uh, but but so they end up on the plane, and uh, the hot chick is trying to figure out who this woman is, and realizes fairly fast that oh, it's it's Mrs. Susie Homemaker or whatever. Then they sap them with these things and so what what would you call those the rods that they cattle prods i don't know i don't but apparently the way a cattle prod works is that you're still like conscious for five six seconds and you can talk (laughs) then you pass out (laughs) and that i don't know well so i learned something let me just at this point remind the listeners that again these are the worst parents ever who is watching the kid He's like, 14. When, <laughs> who needs to watch her? Her boyfriend's watching her. <laughs> Probably, because, I mean, while he's having his wife uh, strip for someone else who's actually him, while he's, you know, following her to this other hideout, this whole time, like, who is... They're the worst parents ever. It, it, it is amazing that this movie on set had a child molester. Like, who, who could have <laughs> right. seen that coming? <laughs> anyway, so where do they end up? Florida Keys, uh, where the hot chick explains her motivation uh, money. because yeah money she makes it clear what her motivation is in case you are wondering why she does what she does she says she's not doesn't care about their jihad she's in it for the money 
And at which point, uh, some sometime after that, Arnold looks at her and he says, "Your damaged goods." What? <laughs> oh, is that in the basement when they are giving him the truth serum? Is that what? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he looks at her. He says, "Your damaged goods." Again, totally misogynistic movie. I, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> I don't either. That was a strange. <laughs> Not weirder than anything else that's happened so far. Uh, right. And, and but so, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing is he had put a bug in her purse, in, in his wife's purse, so he could follow her. And so they're like the, the FBI or the not FBI. Omega Seamasters. Oh, oh, exactly Omega Seamasters are. are like, we know exactly where they are. Oh, crap. They broke the, the transmitter. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> like, we, we, like, like, even though like. Oh, like, damn. They found it. They we found forgot it. to. We didn't write it down yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're in the screen and then the dot disappears. They're like, we have no idea where they are. Where was it? Oh, it was here or here. <laughs> There's an inch apart from where I think I saw the dot. <laughs> uh, and, and, and so, I, I don't know. I wasn't really paying You didn't attention. take a screenshot? What's a screenshot? <laughs> I, I wasn't really paying attention to too much of the dialogue at this point because like, it was so clear like, ex- like what was going to happen. They had the nuclear weapons there. They were going to arm it. Like, hold on. So the point of them bringing Schwarzenegger there was so that he could identify to the world. He could verify, yeah. What, yeah, what, what it was. Yeah, they did some like America's but funniest home videos. They were going to do like they were, were going. Actually, they were they were already planning on detonating one of them. Don't you think a mushroom cloud is evidence enough? Right. Why do they need him there? <laughs> Like they were already setting off one of the bombs on a deserted island. What? So they had they had to tell the entire world their plan after they got a new battery because the in the first <laughs> video the battery ran out. I love that stuff and the like the who's taking the key? <laughs> like I don't know. All right. Uh, so do do you guys want to say anything about what goes down here? Uh so um. Jimmy Lee Curtis says, I married Rambo when she realizes that he's can actually <laughs> shoot a gun. Right, he's because got, he's, they're they're gonna get tortured, but they give him the truth serum and then which uh, what are they what are, what is he supposed to tell them? Like what else are they wanting to know from him? Like what does that have to do? Like whatever they tell what? whatever he tells them, what does that have to do? They have a nuclear they have like two nuclear bombs. Well, it is really difficult to tell the difference between an espresso machine, a snow cone maker, and a water heater, and a nuclear bomb. Right. You have to be an expert. <laughs> All kinds of funny and, jokes. Unless you have an expert. And clearly, everybody, like, you would, just, you would just right away, if you're watching that on the news, and you see Arnold Schwarzenegger talking about this thing, you say, well, he must be an expert. Because he's, he's, a, he's, a, you know, he's a secret agent. So it's not like he's a famous nuclear weapons expert <laughs> like they brought up. <laughs> he's got the truth serum, and he tells the, the, the guy who's going to torture him exactly how he's going to survive. He says, I'm going to use you as a human shield and then grab that knife and, and do this. And so they successfully escape and are just like shooting all kinds of people. But nobody notices because like the main group of bad guys – are all like firing the machine guns in the air and celebrating. So, 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 so these, are, so that this is why this movie could never be made today. Never, Maybe it shouldn't never. have been made in 1994 because the Arabs are made out to be like you know, like one, like they are 
undoubtedly super evil and super stupid, like firing their guns into the air. And then after this shootout- James Cameron's like, you remember how Indians used to be before <laughs> white people took over America? That's what they are. Yeah. And, and after the shootout at OK Corral, where when they <laughs> think Schwarzenegger is dead, uh, the the main guy, Khalid, he's like doing it. Yes! And the rest yes. of them are also like celebrating. <laughs> yep. Yeah. They are true Let's professionals. Let's not forget the, the great scene where he gives Jamie Lee Curtis an Uzi and he says, shoot. And she, she shoots the gun and the recoil. She's not ready for it. And she drops it down the steps. <laughs> and it keeps firing. And... It kills all of the all of the all bad of guys. the bad guys. <laughs> all of the bad guys, and, and you watch it just tumble end <clears throat> over end, and it, of course it doesn't shoot back at her. It only shoots forward mm. and perfectly. Because she said it to burst fire, and so it's only burst firing <laughs> and it rolls forward. And then uh, the bad guy grabs a rocket launcher, <laughs> fires bl- it, at blows Ar- everything up. Arnold got to this fuel truck and made himself a flamethrower by shooting a gun and lighting the fuel on fire. And it's just like lighting all kinds of stuff on fire. Not thinking anybody's going to use the giant take of gas behind him against him until they do with a rocket launcher. He jumps in the water and everyone thinks he's dead. Because if you go in the water, nobody can swim. You're definitely dead. Bunch of boring stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Bunch of boring stuff. And then we have, if you weren't convinced yet that James Cameron is a misogynist, we have Jamie Lee Curtis and the hot chick kicking the crap out of each other in a limousine. Oh, in a, yeah. Uh, We've got um, mar- Marines. Uh, the fighter pilot says, let's get some. And then they blow up the bridge, which is going to take like four years for them to rebuild. <laughs> they rescue Jamie Lee Curtis and the hot chick who was knocked out. Somehow this, this like... They only travel like fifty feet in a period of five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, but but during that time, she's knocked out, but is revived. The hot chick is revived just in time to say, "Oh shit!" Before she dies. right, and, and so like so, there's like this car chase, and then the car is just because the driver is dead, and he has the foot on the gas, and he's just zooming straight ahead, and, and and the bridge has been broken in front of them, like fifty feet in front of them. And, and they're going right. like 90 miles an hour for five minutes and, before and, they get there. And, and there's this, like, like this sequence should have been like half an hour shorter where they're filming the chopper trying to get to Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> yes. yeah. like how, many, how many times does it shift between the two? Yeah. And it's like, get Arnold to it. down for, oh, we missed. And then and they do it another would, 10 times. And why wouldn't she just like crawl out of the car and like do a tuck and roll onto the road? Behind the car. She knew she had like 10 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) It would take you forever to go 50 feet. (laughs) Another piece of trivia, Jamie Lee Curtis did her own stunts for this movie and did not use a double. So it is actually her hanging outside the chopper above the the ocean, which is pretty cool. It's impressive. Yeah. For a woman her age. And so so then we have uh, some scenes on the beach. Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis, they kiss. And there's a mushroom cloud. And there are like 10 they're like, don't, of- they're like, don't They're like, don't look at it. And then everyone looks at it anyway. And, <laughs> and then there are like 10 minutes of footage of Harrier jets landing and taking off. Right, yeah. Your daughter's been kidnapped. And they're like, we have a daughter? 
<laughs> we do have a daughter. <laughs> and Arnold uh, decides he's going to be the one to fly the plane. So he gets yeah, of course that of they course. would totally yeah. The yep. pilot would be the pilot would have landed on a bridge. <laughs> And you, you wouldn't would have gone back out. to the base. Yeah. You totally wouldn't have gone to I'm just going to leave but, it here. I need to get some lunch. They also do, ex- Tom Arnold explains that Schwarzenegger can fly a plane. Right. He, he tells him which, he's got hundreds of hours in the Harrier. And, and which, which he can fly a plane is just during the first two minutes, he forget which, forgets which way is up. He's a bit rusty. It happens. And he, yeah, and humorous, yeah. I guess, where right. like, he's like br- crushing police cars. Police cars. So yeah. uh, uh, and so, so I will admit that during like, the last half hour or so, I sort of sound out a little bit. Like this is a sign that this movie was just like mainly. Like I think it would have been like enjoyable and funny if it was forty minutes shorter. Yes, I mean, it it would have been really funny and good action right. comedy. But it's a little bit too long. So in the end, he spends I don't God knows how long rescuing his daughter, who jumps down on top of a Harrier jet and somehow manages to, you know, stick yeah. to it. And there's a stupid fight scene with Khalid on the plane. Whatever. It's like, it's all sort of forgettable. Anything else about the end of the movie you guys want to point out? Oh, yeah. So, so he gets on the guess. plane and, he, and Arnold says, stay put and give me that address again. <laughs> so I guess he's... <laughs> he, he's flying he's the, putting the his Harrier like, Yes. 9632 West 94th Street. He has no idea where he's going, but he's, he's flying. He's asks for directions, um, somehow finds the building. In all the big buildings in Miami, he finds the right one. And all of a I'm sudden, a- he's an expert in the Harrier and can, like, you know, kind of, you know, hover, hover. outside, yep. just right outside the building. Like, right at the right, he, like, he counted the floors. Yeah. <laughs> right. 20... 21, 22. There it is. <laughs> finds the, finds that floor and uh, just totally like he fires the machine guns in and like there's not a single window. You can see from one side to the other. Okay. And Eliza Dushku does the smart thing, which is just to run to the top of the building. Because clearly to the yeah, top of like, the building and yeah, up like the up, crane. Up the crane, yeah. I mean, if you want to get away. You want to go to the highest point. Yeah, go, go up. up. Yeah, go because up. you've got plenty of options when you go up. The, fur- <laughs> the further you go up, you can do all kinds of things. Hey, if you have the high ground, you know. <laughs> yeah, you it's to, over. You I have the high, high ground. ground. <laughs> you stole my joke, Thomas. Uh, I mean, there's some really corny moments. So uh, he, he looks and he bl- – you remember the blink when he sees Arnold? Like he, th- he thought yeah. Arnold was dead. And when he sees <laughs> yeah. that he's alive – like a devil dick. <laughs> He blinks in in like this the this student film moment. Oh, we uh, left you. We left you alive on an island to blow up. I I thought you meant Arnold's blink to is it the camera or the daughter when he's gonna fire the missile with the terrorist on it? Doesn't he do that? Oh, he winks. Yeah, yeah. He winks and he says, "You're fired." Yeah, there's a big boring sequence where the terrorist is like on the jet as they're floating and blah blah blah. Eventually, what is it? The terrorist backpack gets caught it's, on the missile. Yeah, he somehow manages yeah. to get himself hooked to the missile. And, <laughs> and Schwarzenegger in a city is just like, yeah, I'll just fire this missile. <laughs> at the heli- at the terrorist helicopter conveniently placed right in front yeah. of him. I mean, and I look over and so he he's hovering in his jet 
and his daughter's somehow clinging to it. And, and as, as he's, once danger is gone, it lowers down to the ground and you look and she, like she is sitting on broken glass on the cockpit. They're safe, right? Mm-hmm. Terrorists are dead. What's the answer? I mean, this, this has been a traumatic thing for his entire family to be in danger. So what's next? Is he going to retire? Is he, is he going to spend some time, take some time off and just uh, reconnect yeah. with his wife and his yeah. daughter? Yeah, that, that sounds double like down. a smart thing to do. Oh, double. Oh. Double down. Yeah. Get more people involved. Oh. <laughs> have, have no one to be, <laughs> be at home with their daughter. <laughs> because clearly she's fine. <laughs> well, so the the last scene in the movie is uh, just like in the beginning. It's like some sort of event and a ballroom dance, but it's not just Schwarzenegger. It's also Jamie Lee Curtis. She's an agent now too. Because that's how it works. Like if you're married <coughs> to an agent and you find out, you get to be an agent too. One one last thing, they tango right. Got to have symmetry for the movie. They tango. Do you guys notice that they were the only ones on that dance floor doing a tango? Everyone's just like dancing normally. They're like doing a tango. Go back well, and watch it. When you're when you're a spy, you want to stand out. <laughs> <laughs> you no, it's counter. You want to stand out so that you don't draw stand, attention to you're yourself. Right. Exactly. No. Well, a spy wouldn't do that. One of the things I thought about when he was doing, like when he was riding the horse through downtown and everything was going on uh, earlier, does that stuff never end up on the news? Does no one have a camera? Can no one like take his photo? I'm sure it's not the first time. No one had a Polaroid? Yeah, or like any, like aren't there news reporters in the town? Right. Like, like ha- Harry, you were you were you were on the news all over the place, riding a horse uh, through a building. You went up a glass elevator. Yeah, you you killed yeah. people. Like your cover is blown. You're not. You cannot. <laughs> you- <laughs> yeah. No. No one knows. Not not even his wife. They have no, no idea. Uh, Did I see you on the news riding a horse today? <laughs> No, no. <laughs> Originally, it wasn't supposed to be Jamie Lee Curtis. It was supposed to be Jodie Foster. Oh, she'd, people... had, she'd had enough abuse in her life. <laughs> <laughs> she pulled out, and instead she did a movie called Nell, which I've never seen, but apparently Liam Neeson is in it. But yeah. Um, Does Liam Neeson make her dance for him under the presumption then... that it's for a stranger? Maybe she ended up actually reading the script for this and was like, hmm, second thought. This doesn't seem, I know people like James Cameron, but this doesn't seem that great. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys recommend this movie? Should people watch it? Four stars. Yes. Four stars out of four. I loved so, every minute of it. This will hardly surprise anyone, but I mentioned to Jason Cooper that we were watching this and he said that he loves it. It's one of Schwarzenegger's best. <laughs> Mm. so so i I will be completely serious i think that there actually is a good movie here if it was like 40 minutes shorter and you just embrace like the camp and the comedy like the bad comedy can be sort of fun to watch there could have been there were places for for funny lines but (laughs) like you're fired or, or cool off but james cameron cut out the funny lines and made up his own yeah your damaged goods (laughs) <laughs> cool yeah, off. He definitely um, 
Come on, you don't yeah, like that squeaky, he, squeaking saxophone? Like, there's that saxophone player, and then he goes by on the horse, and he's like, "What?" That was oh, funny. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. Well, it's funny because you don't see it coming. Right. Right. I mean, you would have thought this music would have sounded. You they just kept going when you see a horse go through. Do you think it's the same band as uh, on the Titanic? <laughs> well, I was going to ask you if that's the same horse that that late night show guy brought on the <laughs> Craig Ferguson's Craig horse. Craig Ferguson. <laughs> he brought a horse be. on stage once. He's hilarious. <laughs> he was really big in the 90s. He was in everything. I've not seen him in much recently. He might have been served up at Ikea. Do we have anything else for this episode? Cool off. We will see you again next week. To the world, keep the candle burning. Good night and good luck.